Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 25, Planning a Workshop. Okay, welcome back to Thriving the Future. So this week, we are planning for a workshop. Yeah, this is a good opportunity to bring the people along, or the listeners along, and um, listen to us plan a workshop and how hard and complicated it is because they are not capable of ever doing this, and we know they're not. Oh, wait a minute. Those are all those um, imposter syndrome thoughts, right? Because anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. Anybody's capable of doing this. Right. It's only as complicated as you make it. And the way we do it, you don't even have to have an expert in running a workshop right. or teaching it mm-hmm. or any of that. So let, let's plan a workshop. We'll probably be under 20 minutes unless we get really chatty. Yeah. And, and remember, that's the that's our key is no expert, but we're still going to get stuff done. Yes. So We're going to learn skills mm-hmm. and we're going to get stuff done. Right. Yeah. And so that's the way we go. So... This weekend, we are doing a workshop where we're going to evaluate evaluate and give some feedback on a guy's land and some of the things he could do, right? Yes, and hopefully he's going to let us turn on the recorders and we'll record that, uh, at least the brainstorming session of that, because, you know, walking a few acres, that'd be hard to record, and I don't know what the wind's going to be. We'll see. <laughs> um, but if we can, we'll have something, and then we'll let, cut it up and give you an idea of what a workshop works like for us so right. so we have a couple acres mm-hmm. um, we're not disclosing locations so in northeast kansas right um we're going to basically do i think i think we should um approach it first as would we buy this land mm. our friend may have already bought it he already has some ideas and thoughts but mm-hmm. i think i think for the exercise and right. for everybody we should start with Okay, we showed up with the realtor. Let's walk the thing. Let's look at it from a blank slate. Would we buy this? What would we pay for it? How would we think about that, right? Mm-hmm. Then we can go, okay, we've got it. Now what are we going to do with it? Correct. And do that work through. And then I think we should do the last part with some of the stuff that he and his wife are looking at doing and incorporate that in and then brainstorm some other ideas on things they can do that cooperate with that include some of their other interests and some of the profile stuff we do with them and then do a whole site survey so that we have three brainstorming sessions all in one sure and we can get more of the group doing these site surveys themselves correct yeah and if we get practiced at it we can start doing it for people Mm mm-hmm So our site survey, some of the things that will go into that are access, water. You, you, you've got all the climate right. stuff. So wind, rainfall, temperature, gardening zone for USA because we're in mm-hmm. USA. Right. Um, you would look at uh, sun exposure. Mm-hmm. Do we have a lot of tree cover? Do we not have tree cover? Do we have creeks, ponds? That what is what is the neighbors like? Do we have a garbage dump next door that we need to like screen out, or do we have a pig farm next door and we need to put in a good windbreak so we don't have that smell drifting as far into our property? Um, so we're yeah. look, so we're gonna look at light, wind, uh, water flow, 
our basic permaculture energy audit with that, right? The mm -hmm. energy is going on and off the property. Which ones do we want to slow down? Which ones do we want to block? Which ones do we want to accept? Right. Um, and these are really important, especially taking a step back and then looking at the area. Because one of the things that we see is um, we live next to the bluest county in northeast Kansas. Those folks in the city want to move out by the lake. They move out by the lake and then they're mad because there's ATVs, there's guns. Some of them got mad because they live close to a quarry, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, dump truck traffic. And then it turns out they live next to a pumpkin farm. And... Uh, and they got hey, mad because there was a whole bunch of stuff. If you hate pumpkin farms, no, and you, no, 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 no. If yeah. you hate pumpkin farms, you should know that before you buy the property, right? I, but yeah, definitely the quarry part. Yeah, you should have seen that one. Yeah, and go out there and spend some time there, not just walking with the realtor at whatever four o'clock in the afternoon or whatever noon on Saturday, you know, yep. uh, and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that was a real life story that was in the paper. And, of course, then they got the government involved and they caused a bunch of trouble and all this other stuff because the land didn't match up they with their expectations. Their expectations, mm -hmm. their assumptions, and their projections, <laughs> projections to cloud reality in what was there. Correct. Mm -hmm. They came out there. They looked at the property. They looked at the price tag. The realtor says it's really good. The realtor points out this good thing and that right. good thing, and they are stuck in. I get to go live in my paradise, mm -hmm. and they're looking through paradise-colored glasses. Right. And they're looking right. at city. And folk. it's a hard one to get over. And if you're thinking about buying something mm -hmm. or you're thinking about doing this kind of thing, go do look at properties you don't have any interest in. Yeah. Because it will teach you to see some things that you won't otherwise. You know, mm -hmm. if you're living in town, you're looking to move in town. There are always open houses. Go wander through an open house in right. a neighborhood you can't afford, in a neighborhood too poor you'd never live in it. Whatever those things are, right? So that you're detached from it emotionally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you develop those eyes to be able to do it when you are kind of attached. Right. And if you're looking at land, make sure you go there a couple different times at different times of the day, different times of the week. One of the things I messaged um, our friend about mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, how Ben Falk talks about setting up a five-gallon bucket or two. Yeah. So that you've got the water filling in mm -hmm. and you can look and see how much evaporated and how much wind you've got. You can sure. do that kind of a evaluation. Mm -hmm. And that that's... The, the we're going to pretend he's the client for this. That would work right, better right. calling him our friend all night. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the client is really into that kind of thing, that long-term slow observation. So I talked to him about that, and he's mm -hmm. going to look in for some more information. I'm going to get pull out the book, and I'll screenshot some uh, I'll screenshot the book sections on doing that. And he's going to get some buckets and some rocks so that we can hold them down. I've had trouble with that here. Yeah, and, that'd be good. And then another thing is dig a hole, fill it up with water, see how quickly the water goes down because you'll figure out dig right a quick. hole and find out what's there that too i know a lot of people that intend to garden mm -hmm. and they buy a house mm -hmm. and the first hole they dig is when it comes time to put in the garden mm. right, right. Mm -hmm. you know nothing sure I, when i was looking for properties i went and i dug little holes i tasted dirt i smelled dirt mm-hmm I got to where I could kind of dig the hole, and I can tell when there has been a lot of glyphosate or something used. Really? Just because the smell is, 
more bitter mm-hmm. than sweet. You know, soy should have that sweet compost type smell. Sure. But sometimes really, really bitter. I never put any of that in my mouth because, I mean, you can tell just from the smell, right? Right. Some of them didn't have that smell, but you could kind of get that taste. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is better, but let's, you know, this was mediocre, but price was right and they took some other compromises. That's something you want to do. But you also want to look at, is that sand? Is it clay? Is it silt? Did they just bring in a little bit of topsoil with the turf they put down? And underneath this, I have garbage fill rock. Correct. Not that you can't do something with that. Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting to grow carrots, or you're looking at putting on like a 12-foot raised bed at least of compost or some Mm -hmm. soft Mm -hmm. sand or something, because... It's not going to go down through those rocks. Right. And any tree you want to want to dig, put in, you're going to have to dig that hole. You're going to need a mattock or something to get through that sure. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you know, Those are things to know, right? Mm-hmm. They affect what you can and what you might do with the property. Right. If like it's got a lot friends. of clay, and maybe you go, well, instead of building a concrete house, I build a cob house because I got clay two mm-hmm. inches down and I got six feet of it. Right. Right. And maybe it's time to put in a pond. Yeah, maybe I switch from pigs to ducks because I can put in a bunch of little ponds and move them through, right? Those are all things you do not know if you don't dig a hole. Exactly. So one of the things we need to put on our list for taking is a shovel. Good point. (laughs) Take a shovel. Yeah, we had uh, a land down in Wichita, and it turned out that it used to have oil on it, like some oil tanks or something like that. So when I went to go dig a garden, then it literally like had... Um, black gunk mm-hmm. mixed in with the dirt, yeah, and stuff, and then it was uh, That's yeah, a multi generational break it down, compost it, build it up back up problem, not a yeah, put in a garden this year, right? And then they also had some apparently it must have had some junk there, some glass and some scrap metal ah pieces mixed that, in with that's the dirt. something else to look into is did you know some of these rural properties or sections that get sold off that's the one where grandpa parked all the trucks from 1940 through 2010 right Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of trash in there Mm -hmm. maybe that's what you want to buy right because it gets you land in a house cheap or land cheap and then you can rehabilitate it and you have more to spend on trees and that rehabilitation process, right? Right. That's cost-benefit analysis. Mm-hmm. Some people have that time. Some people don't have that time. Some people have that energy. Some people don't. That's so. That's the other thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at our clients, right? Sure. He and his wife, what kind of time do they have to put into this? Mm-hmm. What kind of energy do they want to put into this? What do they want to learn and get out of this? Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to grow things that they don't want to eat or sell. Correct. Right? I mean, if they actually hate chicken eggs, then we're going to look at other animals to bring in the manure. Right. Um, We're going to look at those kind of things. So um, one of the things I'm going to bring is my sight level. Right. I mean, you you can bring a laser. I don't have a laser level. That's one of the things we should put in the group message because I think somebody does have one. We should get that out there so we can look at contour that way. The client is supposedly pulling together the... um, GIS data from the government so that we'll oh, have good. the soil types, contour maps, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that whole set of history. So you're going to bring an A-frame or are you bring it in a level? I've got a site level. So you look through it mm-hmm. and it's got little lines and um, the best way to use it with the monopod, you can do it at standing height, but you got to make sure you're standing and not bending or slouching. Sure, sure. But 
for this it wouldn't quite matter because we're doing rough end stuff but it would let you do something like say okay if we put in a pond and we put the dam up six feet right so i can come up like to the six foot line there or a line that would be that mm -hmm. and then i can look and see how much of the land in front of me would fill in with water so how big would that pond actually kind of look oh, right yeah it, if, if you're in a more hilly area you can go that hill over here is yes the same height as that hill over there and that kind of lets you do some of those so that yeah. little valley in between that might be it lets you do those kind of things quick without you know bringing out all this kind of survey equipment yeah it fits in your pocket it's oh that's pretty good yeah if yeah. you have a link to that let it let me know oh, and then i'll put cheap. that in the uh, i'll put yeah. that in the notes right right so you don't even think that you use you can use a monopod with it mm -hmm. you could basically use like a shovel a shovel works real good because it keeps a consistent height sure or a walking stick or whatever but you just something to prop it so that you're using the same height every time you look especially if you're moving across big acreages or yep i got yeah. that idea from jeff lawton he had good. well not like yep gotta have that yeah you talked about his sun exposure so one of the things that i like using is the sun seeker app that's a good one. And it's basically you, I'm holding up my phone, but basically you hold your phone up in real life, like you're going to take a picture of the horizon, and it shows you where... Yeah, it looks through the camera, and it shows you where the sun would be, where the moon yep. would be. You put mm -hmm. in a date and time, so you put in your solstice dates. Yeah, but it also puts, it just puts lines across there for all the different right. times. So, so you're looking at a tree, and you go, oh, wow, this tree covers up the sun mm -hmm. summer to winter. Right. Ooh. Like my this place. is going to be a shady spot, right? Yeah, like my or, place. Uh, I've got a I've got a greenhouse, and sure, I want to grow some stuff in the in the uh, winter time. Right. Well, there's a certain point there where the sun's going to be behind the tree. Right. That's one I've used it for too. Right. Mm -hmm. How far do I have to come off the house to put in a garden? Sure. And on a small property in the city, that can really matter mm -hmm. because you could go from. You could lose six to ten feet of growing space and only end up with two or three back, you know, by the fence, right? Right, right. Or, or different things. So, well, this is turning that. into a this is permaculture consultation episode. This is cool. This is what we have to do to go do a search survey to come up yeah. with what we're going to do, right? Where, right. Are we, where, where, where are we going to put the driveway if there's a driveway? If we're doing, let's see, we're going to put it in an off-grid place. Mm -hmm. Where are we going to compost a humanure? Mm-hmm. Do we have a place we can do that on site? Do we have to do it off site? Do right. what are we going to do with those things? Right? Yeah, do we have a place to... to do water catchment? Does water catchment make sense? Mm -hmm. All those questions we're going to look at in this survey, and then we're going to look at the client's energy, the client's time, the client's commitment, the client's budget. Correct. And go through it. And I'm using client here just so we're not saying friend over and over because we yeah, haven't yeah, talked sure. to make sure names are okay or what they're. I'm pretty sure it'll be okay, but we'll mm -hmm. see. And yeah, I think that, so that's the workshop. So we're going to bring shovels. I'm going to bring a site level. This is a place without a house. You should bring a um, chair, mm -hmm. you know, like a camp chair or lawn chair or whatever. So, cause I mean, we're going to be there a while or a bucket to sit on, whatever. Right. Right. Um, bring a snack, bring water. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Water and, we'll, and, and we'll show else. up and we have that planned we have a time scheduled um everybody in the group knows the time we have the address you guys aren't getting that sorry and uh <laughs> well you know gotta have some security here right and then we'll just talk it through walking through that mm -hmm. and those three steps and i think that'll do it so you just heard your first workshop planned 
question is, are you going to let the imposter syndrome thoughts keep you from having your workshop? And it doesn't have to be this. You could do one on how to do quilting. You could do one on how to make candles. You could get together and learn to pick raspberries or get together with a couple people and a little book and sit out in the yard and go, this is a dandelion and this is henbit and this is chickweed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or you could go to the lake and pick up a few rocks and take pictures and use the identification app and then go check that in Wikipedia or whatever and learn about something. Mm-hmm. You can do any of those as a workshop because workshops about gaining skills right, and things that interest you and doing stuff with other people face to face. Yeah. And even, you know, if, if, if it's cold outside or it's raining, then you can do, do a crypto workshop. You can do crypto. You could have a book club. You could do whatever. But it is not hard to organize. You just mm-hmm. ask people and ask people and ask people till they start showing up. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to show up to a workshop, maybe you do a tea or you'd grow, grow some ribs or whatever. Yeah. And also keep your keep your ears open for the needs of your group and your friends, right? Because somebody will say, "Hey, you know, I got I got these rabbits, and and uh, you know, I don't have a lot of feed anymore, and the grasses, you know, it's getting towards fall. I really want to get rid of them." We went and we harvested the rabbits, right? Yeah. And uh, and that was a whole lot of fun. A lot different than a chicken. We should do an episode on processing animals. What yeah. we've learned, what we would do, what we wouldn't do. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll get with the Homestead Journal guys and do something like that. Yeah, that would be that would be great. So, yeah. So that's what we have. That You've just had the brainstorming session of how we would handle setting up a workshop. And don't let the imposter syndrome get you. You don't need to be an expert. Go and get stuff done. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out on our website, thriveinthefuture.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at thrivingthefute. And come join our community chat on Telegram. It has a link in the website. This podcast was produced by Scott, the Freedom Farmer, freedomfarmer.net.